tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Hi, and welcome to Tribal Trails. I'm glad Ajis decided to spend this half hour with us to learn from today's guest the importance of walking with Jesus. First, Mervyn Chichu will share from the Bible how this relationship with God begins. He starts with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. In the, the New King James Version, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I want to look at some of the words that I mentioned here in the scriptures that I just read. The first word I want us to look at is the word grace. What does grace mean? A guy by the name of Paul Sell said, Grace is unconditional love toward a person who does not deserve it. Famous uh, theologian John Stott said that grace is love that cares and that uh, stoops and that has rescued. That's his interpretation of what the word grace means. We often hear the word karma. Karma means you get, you're going to get what you deserve. Grace is completely the opposite. It's getting what you don't deserve. And, get, and not getting what you deserve. That's what grace is. I like that because most of us, we haven't lived lives that were pleasing to God and we didn't deserve his love, his forgiveness, and the good life that he has given to us. But instead we deserved karma, what we really deserve because of all the wrong things we have done. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. In my own words, I'd like to explain those four things that I just mentioned here for Ephesians 2. One, when it says that we were once dead and doomed forever, what that's telling us is that there was a time in our life that we were not connected to God. I know we all like to talk like we uh, are connected to God, that we know God. But in reality, the Bible says before we come to Christ, we were all doomed and we were separated from God. We're not connected to God. Then it says we were obeying Satan. Uh, we, second thing is that we don't listen to God. And that's how my life was before I came to Christ. 
I wanted to do my own thing. I didn't want to listen to God. And that's what the third point is. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We constantly wanted to do our own thing. We didn't want to follow God's ways. We wanted to do what we wanted to do, what we thought was pleasure. Therefore, God's wrath rested upon us. We were under God's wrath. But I liked uh, verse 4. Changes the whole picture. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, it says, and he loved us so very much. It says, he made us alive. Meaning that he connected us back to himself. And he connects us to Jesus Christ. And then it says that he given us eternal life. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms, it says. What a horrible picture the first four verses paints of you and I. Of anyone that has not accepted Christ as their savior. But what wonderful verses we find in verse 5 and 10. And that's what I want to challenge you with today. That you would consider yourself and really see yourself for who you really are without Christ. And then to see all that God has done for you. His mercy. That he loves you. That he can make you alive. That he can save you by his grace. That he can connect us to Jesus. That he can give us eternal life. The second word that we find in these verses is the word saved. Uh, The word saved or salvation means to save, to heal, to preserve and rescue, to deliver out of danger, rescue from the power and penalty of sin. It also means to be made well, to be made whole. I think that's very powerful because we as First Nations people, we of all the things that have happened to us in the past, the residential schools, the 60s scoop, and even today, many of our children are in foster care. We've become broken in our lives. Our lives are broken. Our families are broken. Our relationships are broken. Our communities are broken. But praise God for salvation, for this word saved, this word salvation, because we can be made whole. We can be healed. We can be rescued from that dire situation of finding ourselves not connected to God. Christ personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. This Bible talks about two ways here how to get saved in these verses. That word faith. The word faith I wrote down here means to believe God. To believe what he says in the Bible. To believe he sent his son Jesus to die and to rise again for you and for our sins. I like the way someone put it. He said faith or believing is a total complete giving over to Jesus Christ in every capacity, in every circumstance, as regards all one's being. A guy by the name of Boise said, saving faith involves three things. One, it involves knowledge that Jesus died and rose again for your sins. We need to know that. And then secondly, he says, saving faith involves a heart response 
that we need to repent of our sins and trust Jesus to save us. And then thirdly, he said, saving faith involves commitment. Committing your life to Jesus Christ and allowing him to have first place in your life. So for, to be saved, we need to have faith. We need to believe in Jesus Christ. We need to make a commitment to him. And the second thing about faith is, is, is that uh, and this salvation is that it's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it. It's a gift of God. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. It's a gift of God. And we give gifts to each other, special times in our lives, at birthdays, Christmases. You can give a gift to someone, but if they never take it and open it and claim it as their own, then it never really becomes their gift. Until you take it and open it and appropriate it and use it and claim it as your own, then it becomes your gift. God has given us the greatest gift, and it's his son Jesus. What are you going to do with that gift today? I encourage you to receive that gift. The Bible says in John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those that believe on his name. Are you ready to receive God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? If you are, pray with me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner, and I need your help. Without you, I have no life. But, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to forgive my sin. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed to receive Christ, into your life to be your Lord and Savior, that's just the beginning of your walk with Him. On this journey, you will need to learn to talk to Him and to learn to hear His voice from the Scriptures. But remember, you're not alone. We are also on this journey with you to encourage you and to support you. So, give us a call whenever you feel there's a need.
Our next guest is Tim Najuan. Rita visited with him in Sudbury, Ontario. Tim was born and raised on St. Joseph Island. His father was from Obajiwan First Nations. Tim said he was very much into hunting and fishing. And so he took us out on the land a lot. Mm -hmm. um, having two brothers, the three of us, we really enjoyed that. My sister would go fishing with us sometimes. Yeah. Um, and we did a lot of fishing. We, I mean, on St. Joe Island, you're very close to the water everywhere you are. And, uh, and then around this time of year, in about a month, and even right now I've been talking to them and getting excited. Last Saturday I was out moose hunting, and um, in six weeks from now we'll be uh, doing the opening for deer season, and there's a group of us that all go to a camp and stay there, and we've done that for, my dad's done that for about 38 years, and, and I've done that since I was 15, so 21 years. Wow. So... Yeah, so you go out in the land. Yeah, we enjoy uh, that, for that's sure. That's good. Yeah. So in your growing up years, did you hear about the Lord? Yeah, my mother, um, she raised us going on Sundays to church, and my dad came with us as well, uh, periodically. Um, he wasn't a Christian, but a uh, very supportive dad. Anyway, yeah, my mom would take us to church every Sunday, and uh, she would run the youth group out of our house. Oh. Um, she had us, you know, we would do devotions every night, oh. every night. You know, you oh. get home from the sewer, <laughs> and you're tired, and 15-minute drive home, and you've been already sleeping, and everybody gets up and goes in, and, you know, probably a, a short couple of verses from the Bible, and then we'd kneel down and pray and into bed. Oh. And, um, so nice yeah, memories. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely thankful that my mom raised us that way, and yeah, and that was very important. Um, and my dad did um, become a believer in the last ten years. Oh, so, wonderful! Yeah. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. So you accepted Christ? Yeah, my personal testimony would go back to, you know, those young years of my mom um, doing devotions with us and teaching us about uh, Christ and what He's done for us. And I was raised in a Christian environment and much, much of my mom's family was around and they were a Christian family. And, but I guess I was kind of doing motions and I wasn't really, I hadn't made it my own. And uh, I remember going to All Tribes Christian Camp, and um, it's on St. Joe Island. And I was in grade seven, and I was walking across the property, and uh, the lady who had started the camp, Millie Troyer, had uh, caught me. And I had been going to this camp for years, and she knew me well. And she said, Tim, I, I wanted to ask you if you're a Christian. I said, yes. But I started crying. Oh. And... Uh, and so she said, oh, you know, and I forget exactly how the conversation went after that, but uh, I was unsettled afterwards because I was like, man, I don't see what makes me a Christian just because I have a Christian home and a Christian mom and family, you know, doesn't make me a Christian. And I started getting the wheels turning. And I remember um, shortly after that, um, 
you know, just not being real settled. I don't think I was real settled as a sleeper for many years, really. And uh, anyway, I remember getting up after having been laying there in my bed for a while. And I walked down and I asked my mom if I could ask Jesus into my heart. And she said, yeah, well, we'll kneel here. And so we kneeled and uh, knelt there at the side of the bed. And I asked Jesus into my heart. And, um, you know, I felt settled. It was definitely a peace that came about afterwards. <laughs> the Apostle John wrote to the believers in Asia, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. There were rocky years through my high school yeah. years. Um, when I look back on it, I felt like, you know, anytime I tried living my own life and making, you know, my own sinful decisions, um, I was never comfortable in that. I was never capable of really doing that on a regular basis because I, I just always felt that uh, that wasn't for me. And it wasn't till I was going away to college, and I remember my brother had just got married at the end of August, August 25th, and I was driving down here to Sudbury, uh, August 26th, on the Sunday, and I remember hugging my dad and saying, you know, I'm going to try when I, when I go off to college. And, <clears throat> and uh, I thought, well, you know, it's a good opportunity, a fresh start, yeah. be chance to make new friends, and um, new beginning, and that's what it was for me. It was uh, one where I started to really understand that I need to be reading my Bible, which I was a little bit, but I started to read it more seriously and understanding it and praying. Applying it to your life. Yeah, I was affecting me um, in a good way, you know. There was an opportunity to get baptized back at our church on St. Joe Island. And I remember thinking, well, you know, that's where I'm at now. It's time to get baptized at oh. Christian, and it's time to, to do that. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. In his love abiding, I shall not be moved. And in him confiding, I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree. Planted by the water I shall not be moved Though all hell assail me I shall not be moved Jesus will not fail me I shall not be moved I'm like a tree It's planted by the water I shall not be moved I shall I shall not be, I shall not be moved I'm like a tree 
And uh, what do you do now? I um, came to Sudbury actually for university, for college, I guess I started college and then I went into university uh, for phys ed and then I went to North Bay for teachers college and then I returned to Sudbury um, here with my wife um, and I became a teacher. So that was just over 10 years ago. I'm in my 11th year of teaching. Did you always want to be a teacher? Uh, I don't know that I would say I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I loved working at youth camps. I enjoyed working with young people. I found that they were always full of enthusiasm and nothing was ever the same. You know, you, you never knew what to expect exactly. So there was always some challenge there mm -hmm. and excitement. And I thought that uh, matching up some of my interests with a career would be great. And yeah. And then my interest of uh, phys ed and sports and being able to teach that in the classroom is, you know, I've been able to connect that all together. Yes. So I really do enjoy it. So. I heard you talking about your family. You're married? Yeah. I met my wife during my college years. And uh, I guess I started attending the church that she, her family had gone to all their life. Um, and my brother was going there. I lived at the other end of town, so I was going to a different church, and then I started going to this church, and uh, we started hanging out and um, started dating, and then we were both taking the same degree at oh, Laurentian okay. University. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in teacher's college, she was actually out in PEI uh, playing basketball for the university there, and I flew out and we got engaged. And then we got married that summer. Our marriage has been strong. Well, we that's got, good. Yeah, that's we got uh, three girls, and then we got our boy two years ago. So we have a oh. two-year-old, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old. Wow. So. What's their names? So eight-year-old is Sarah, and then Julia, seven, and Rachel is four, and Benjamin is two. Um, your wife is Christian, and so are you, establishing a family home. What does that look like? Well, I, you know, I guess um, being fortunate to have been raised with, uh, you know, devotions yeah. at night, we share that with our children now, and uh, so we'll read a Bible story together, and then each have their opportunity to start with the youngest, and they pray, and then each Aww. one prays, and then you know mom and dad will finish off with uh, yeah. with prayers and in the morning before school and at the breakfast table we like to get in the routine of <clears throat> saying psalm nineteen fourteen, okay. let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O lord my strength and my redeemer and it's funny because my mom would get us as we were walking out to the bus <laughs> to say that Aww. and i think that you know having scripture inside is is important and so our kids will do some of that and I help out with Awana. I run the, the sports program there at our church at on church. Wednesday nights. Oh, okay. And so our kids attend that where they're, you know, memorizing verses and enjoying activities with, uh, with the kids in the neighborhood and that. Um, it's just trying to find many, many opportunities because there's definitely a balance of, yeah. you know, all the world opportunities and, yeah. and the, the fun uh, that is offered there. So we try and definitely balance it out. Um, 
I don't know that we're doing the greatest job, but we're trying, you know. Well, that's all we need to do. Yeah. Sometimes when life is just kind of moving along smoothly and maybe easy, it, uh, it can be easy to be distracted from reading God's Word and, and being drawn back to what's important in life. And uh, I can remember a couple of years ago, I had a bit of a health setback. And um, it was in that time where I, where I wasn't sure how it was all going to turn out. Um, but I was reminded of this here as well. And, and it was drawing me back to like grow and learn. Because um, when we're kind of out of control, when things are spinning out of control, then all of a sudden it's like you want to hold on to what's firm, what's solid in life. And uh, that would be the scriptures for me. And that would be my relationship with Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Maybe things are spinning out of control in your life, and you're wondering why. And I would just like to encourage you, like Tim said, to just hold on to your faith, trust in Jesus, and He will carry you through. There's a phone number on the screen, and you can call us. We're there, and we would love to pray for you. So God bless you, and see you next time. David said, I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light.